Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. In 1999, the walls of hell cracked, and fallen angels condemned to an eternity in the abyss were suddenly able to flee. With no choice but to come to terms with the decaying remnants of the paradise they helped create, these escaped fallen must now decide whether they will rebuild their masterpiece or burn it to a cinder. Hello and welcome to Demon the Fallen Fragments a Demon the Fallen game set in Rochester, New York, in the year 2001. This story features the character of Azoth, played by Tillman, Erichel, played by Rebecca, Brawlman, played by Adam, and Abathar, played by Slavic. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can find us on Twitter at twin underscore cities underscore VTM, on Facebook at Twin Cities by Night, and on Discord at Twin Cities by Night. Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the fourth and final character creation session for Demon the Fallen Fragments. Joining us this session is Becca with her new character. Let's get right into it. How are you doing, Becca? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Not too bad. Excellent. Let's start at the top of the sheet and go over all the basics listed there. Name, nature, yada, yada, yada. Okay. All right. So I will be playing Arguel, who's the demon half of Esme Hall. So she has the, the, the concept of uncertain creator. And with that, she has a, a nature that she just wants to build. She's an architect. But to the world, they see her as a more of a visionary. That's kind of how she tries to portray herself to everybody. She belongs to the House of Malefactor and the faction of Cryptic which will be very interesting as I just found out what the other houses um, players will be playing. And then she has the vicious, excuse me, of the forge. So just going, I'm assuming going straight to the next part attributes. Yeah, we can go right on to attributes if you'd like. We'll go over the sheet and then we'll go over some of the uh, non sheet based bits about your character. Okay. All right. So her attributes, I decided that she was a mental primary with um, perception being three, her intelligence being five with a specialty in analytical and a wits of two. I really want to play her up as being very, very intelligent, but not so great on the social front as since that will be her tertiary area. Um, Charisma at a one. So she's kind of, she has a few friends, but not a lot of people get her right away. It takes a long time. A manipulation three. And my idea with that was she would have more of a, oh, I say this to somebody and they do that. So it's not, she's trying to be manipulative and smooth and suave. It's just, that's how she knows how to interact with people. And then um, an appearance of two. So fairly, fairly average. And then physical is her tertiary, uh, not tertiary, secondary, uh, with strength at two, dex at three, and stamina at three. Okay. How do you feel her these uh, traits manifest in terms of her personality? Does she come off, you know, with that high of an intelligence and that low of a charisma, does she come off as sort of like maybe the arrogant genius type or the awkward autistic type? I'm thinking more of the awkward autistic type. Okay. She just doesn't pick up on the social cues as much. And we'll see with that in talents later. 
Yeah, she just doesn't quite get that connection with other people right now. Okay. Sounds pretty straightforward. Um, the dex and the stamina, yes. those are a little bit higher than average. Is mm-hmm. she athletic? Is it just as a result of something that she does on a regular basis like her job? Where does that come from? So I imagined that dex, the dex and stamina, she's a student at... RIT, Rochester Institute of Technology, before being possessed, Esme took some kind of classes for self-defense and then just kind of continued on with a more healthy lifestyle, pursuing being strong. Um, And that really plays into her backstory growing up. She came from an abusive house. Um, She lived with a stepmother for many, many years. And that was just just abusive to her. And as soon as she turned 18, she ran away to the nearest woman shelter that she could and tried to pick up the pieces of her life from there. So Esme has worked really hard. She's, she's taken a lot longer. She's a much older college student, probably, probably 25, 26 at this point because of her rough start. she probably didn't finish her high school degree. She got a GED and then it took her time to work into getting the college degree or start working towards it, I should say. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Let's slide on over into abilities. So we'll start with talents. Uh, She has an alertness of two an athletics of one kind of building back into this. She took those classes an awareness of two, a brawl of one streetwise one kind of, again, playing into the, she kind of lived on the streets for a little bit. So Argel has those memories to pull on a little bit. And then a a subterfuge of one. No, no empathy, no expression. Again, playing into that, she just doesn't quite connect with people very well at this point in time. Um, Sliding on over to the skills. She has crafts, robotics, at four. And after being possessed, Esme Argwell, let's see, that her possession would have happened in the summer of 99. And when Argwell tried to continue Esme's life, Esme was previously had settled on a degree in graphic design. And that didn't really work for Argwell. She just, while she could create, stuff with that. She just couldn't create anything that could connect to other people. And so she started looking around at other programs and kind of settled into this robotics program within that college. So there's that. Um, She does have a performance of one. I think that's more of a tie into previous Esme, where she had to put on fronts at, at times specifically with... So people would ask her, are you okay and she'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. Everything's great. Everything at home's just fine. And so having to put on that bit of a front, but she's not very good at it. She does have a stealth of two, a survival of one, and a technology of three. And then lastly, playing again into her going to school with knowledge, she has, a, has an academics of two, computer of three, an occult of two, religion one, research two, and science three. She understands computers a lot better than she understands people. You input A, you get B as a result. It just makes sense to her. As for the occult, 
she's probably done a little bit of research since she is a cryptic. She's trying to figure out the bigger universe questions as much as she can. What what's going on? But is it necessarily the most successful with that at the moment? Okay. Now, as far as the abilities go, where yes. does Esme end and where does Arakel begin? Oh, that is a good question. When Argel took over Esme, Esme's soul completely left her body. So Argel's relying, having to rely on a lot of memories from Esme, but not necessarily a lot of context. So I think a lot of the physical attributes of Esme stayed, but not a lot of the social. I think Esme would have been a lot more of a social understanding person. And, you know, having she was intelligent, she was going to college, she's working on those things, but that is more where Argwell shines. Okay, excellent. All right, so let's move on to advantages. We'll start with backgrounds. All righty. Esme has a brother that is older than her, has kind of helped her out through her transition, um, leaving the household and becoming her own person. So that's who I have as her allies for her background. She has a one dot in that. Um, She has a resources of one. She works at a part-time job, probably a coffee shop, you know, any, anything that doesn't require necessarily a lot of time is flexible so that she can go to school, but still be able to make rent on time and, you know, have a little bit of spending money. But because she has resources one, she actually has a roommate. And that is who she actually has a pact with. This roommate that she lives with probably probably didn't take her long to figure out that something was a little bit different with Esme after the possession. And then her last background is in Paragon. I have Paragon 2, which feeds more into the lores side of things. Um, so again, more of Argwell's kind of bleeding into Esme more than Esme is there. Okay. And hopping on over to Lores, it looks like Lore of the Forge is your primary? Yes, it is. At two dots. And then I also put a dot in Lore of the Paths. Okay. And then your virtues? Conscience is at three. Conviction is at two. And Courage is at three. So... I believe I was reading through one of the books and they kind of did a breakdown of the different things. And I think the idea is that she's a little bit more impulsive and isn't thinking as long-term as she could be. Okay. And I guess uh, the social awkwardness could tie into the courage as well. Maybe some of the courage comes from not necessarily being able to understand or interpret the danger of a given situation. Yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot. And you've got three faith, three torment, ooh, and seven willpower. Yes, I think that's the highest willpower so far. I'm I'm pretty sure um, Lily has eight, if I remember correctly. You may have a better memory than I do. Well, to be fair, I did just listen to it this morning. <laughs> <laughs> yep, she does have eight. Excellent. Okay, yeah, I like me some willpower. It's a very useful trait to have. It really is. Doubt. Okay, so. Going to some of the uh, non-dot-based aspects of the character. Why did Arakel rebel? So, Arakel is, when the universe was created, she was in charge of putting the principle of tectonic plates into place, being a malefactor. 
And she spent so much time focusing on that because of the slow movement and how long it takes for that to happen. It took her quite some time to realize that Adam and Eve were there. And then when she finally did realize that and started paying attention to the other aspects that the other angels were, and they're starting to question, it, it slowly dawned on her as well. And she was curious by their ignorance. Why, why did God make them this way when they could be enjoying everything to the fullest capacity. It's well within God's power to have that happen. When Lucifer made the stand, she decided to stand with him out of curiosity, partially, but also frustration because of the effort and time that she put into this particular aspect. She wanted to be appreciated for it. She wanted that understanding and that devotion, you know, to her, Rebelling against God was to help her better understand humanity, which even back then she was having issues coping with. Okay. And what did she do during the war? She actually joined the Iron Legion, um, working on creating artifacts, defenses, weapons that helped their armies advance in the war. And how exactly did the time in the abyss affect her? That is an excellent question. That was what I didn't write down. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, um, well, I guess more to the point, what about the time in the abyss led Erichel to the cryptics as opposed to, say, the Faustians or the Raveners? Mm-hmm. I would say that she was probably torn originally between the cryptics and the Faustians. Again, their viewpoint of human being more humans being more tools than something to be built up, she always kind of comes back to the question of why. Why are things the way that they are? What is going on? With those with those questions going on in her mind, it just didn't really sit right with her to be in any of the other houses. Sorry, factions. Okay, excellent. Now, what about Esme called to her when she was finally released from the abyss? Esme grew up in a abusive home and that affected her in every aspect. She simply just wanted to be desired and loved by those around her and missing that king component from her stepmother, her mother being out of the picture. It, she went forward into all of her other relationships with that, that neediness. I need to be desired. I need to be loved. And when Esme was dating this absolutely horrible guy, um, very abusive to her, similar to her stepmother, but she was just absolutely in love with him. He gave her just enough attention in the right ways to keep stringing her along. After a particularly bad spout with him, where he beat her severely after something really, really tiny that she did, probably folding towels the wrong way. When he left her alone, she decided to end her old life by slitting her wrists and that deep desire within Esme to be wanted called out to Argwell who really at her deep core desires that as well. Okay. So how much of Esme is still left if anything, or has her soul gone off to the great beyond? Esme's soul has passed on. She has 
I'm assuming she has the memories of Esme, but Argwell has really no way to emotionally connect with those and making it difficult for her to connect with other humans in turn. So how does Arkel manage the relationship with her brother and her roommate? Um, packed aside. Yeah, packed aside. I pretty pretty early on, her roommate was able to figure out what was going, not figure out, but she knew something was different. And yeah, same with her brother. I think the, the excuse that Argwell would have used is that she finally ended the relationship with her boyfriend and has a new view on life. So her acting differently, even though she's really trying to play up Esme's behaviors before she was possessed, she still acts differently. But she's she's kind of hoping that that, that excuse helps her ride through it. Now, um, with her roommate, she sees her roommate a lot more, and they have the pack together, so her roommate actually knows, eventually became honest with her roommate. Her brother, it's a little bit easier to hide that from because she doesn't see him as much on a consistent basis, but she does still see him occasionally. And I think over time, he would have just gotten used to the differences in her. Okay, excellent. Now we can address the uh, connection with the homeless. Okay, so rewinding back a little bit, because I skipped over this. When she did turn 18, she ran away to a woman's shelter where they helped her pick up the pieces of her life. And she got to know a lot of the women in similar situations to her. Now that Esme Argwell is better off back on their feet, she still actually comes back and she volunteers and helps them out as much as she can, even if it's just she's simply listening. I think Argwell kind of uses it as a way to learn about people in this kind of situations to better understand Esme's as well as humanity in general. Okay, excellent. I think that covers most of the basics. I may be forgetting something, as I mentioned. I'm running on slightly less sleep than usual. Mm-hmm. So was there anything else about your character that you wanted to cover while we're here? I think we covered a lot about Esme and Arguel and where she's at currently. So, so when we start play, we're going to do a little bit of getting into... Just right after we come out of the abyss, correct? Yes, um, all the characters. It's going to have an. They're going to have an escape scene, the initial possession, and then there's going to be sort of a little vignette, if you will, of them sort of stepping into the world after millennia in the abyss. There's also going to be a scene or a series of scenes dealing with the group coming together. Okay. And then there was going to be a bit of a time skip from 1999 to 2001, which is where the game will actually take place. Perfect. Or when the game will actually take place. Right, right, right. I am not a time lord. I do not think of time in that way. (laughs) It's all just wibbly-wobbly after all. Exactly. (laughs) Okay. I think that covers everything. Um, I do notice that you didn't take any merits or flaws. That is correct. I usually... I, I tend to play my characters a little bit um, plain Okay. in that sense, but yeah. Okay, that's fine. Um, I am going to give everyone the opportunity to tweak their character sheets Okay. within the first three or so sessions, because usually it takes a little bit of time to sort of get a feel for the character. And Perfect. 
so with that, I might, I might actually go back and look over those and just see, cause there might be something that really fits in well with Argwell, the way that we're portraying her. Okay. Excellent. And uh, you'll also want to take a look at the visage of the forge. Yes. <laughs> Very much so. That. Now you can either use it straight out of the core book as Tillman and Adam did, or you can okay. do the point by, which is what Slavic did. Of course he did. And the he point by is out of the player's guide. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, okay. Well, I think that covers it. Perfect. Um, to oh. The audience. Thank you for joining us. Um, we look forward to having you moving forward once we enter play. Otherwise, take care, and we will see you soon. Bye, everyone. Hello, folks. Have you ever wished you could have an easy way to find gameplay videos and podcasts, or just media in general that deals with your favorite White Wolf role-playing games? Or have you ever wished you could find a forum to share gameplay that you have recorded, one which wouldn't be drowned out by random posts and discussion? so that your media could get the attention you want. Well, we have the answer for you in a Facebook group we run called Weight Wolf RPGs Gameplay and Media. The group is specifically ran with the sole intent of it being a one-stop shop for people to view or share media involving the games we all love. We take thorough steps to ensure the page does not become cluttered and is easy to traverse. We are currently over 1,000 members strong, and we are continuing to rapidly grow, with new media being shared every day. Stop on by. We hope to see you there. Hi, Level Games, the industry's first choice in taking your games to the next level. We are a podcast blog and new media network at highlevelgames.ca. We have blog posts about all of your favorite games going up five days a week and a podcasting network with actual plays and shows that discuss role-playing games with more rolling out all the time. We are on iTunes, Twitch, and YouTube. Find out more information at highlevelgames.ca, a site that certainly isn't controlled by a shadowy board of directors of otherworldly origin. That's highlevelgames.ca. Please. Help. They're coming. <laughs> the Los Angeles metropolitan area is constantly growing and changing. Central District is full of new buildings. The Hollywood and Wilshire Districts, once far from downtown, now are part of a which spreads past Beverly Hills and out to the ocean. Why is all this going on in Los Angeles? Why is Los Angeles an exploding city?
Neon Masquerade. The Demon's Mirror. Thirteen Candles. Three Chronicles Running Through the Undead Veins of the City of Angels. The Esoteric Order of Role Players Actual Play Podcast invites you to drink deeply. Go to eorpodcast.com and search the Duets tag to find out more.